Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Locks, Foundation Disc Golf's weekly podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. And before we hop into the podcast, I want to announce our new shirts are now live on the site. If you're a fan of the podcast, you can head to foundationdiscs.com and check them out. They're just Grip Locked logo shirts. Uh, pretty sick, super soft. One of our favorite uh, material t shirts that we run all of our shirts on. And then the Grip Locked logo on the front. Um, we really appreciate your support. And, um, yeah, let's hop into a rather jam-packed episode. The start of the season has not disappointed yet. No. Uh, I mean, thing after thing after thing. I'm just going to note the time, try to keep this near an hour. It's going to be a feat if we can. But if we go a little long, we go a little long. You know what I'm saying? Is what it is. We're starting it off hot and heavy with the PDGA Player of the Year. Official announcement has been made. Now, we we already knew who it was going to be. They had like the points come out last year. We already talked about it on the podcast. It was yeah, it was more about if they had the audacity to announce it when yeah. it was such a shocking result. And they did. So they it, did it, it has now audacity. become official. Uh you already know where we stand on it. The, I, the MPO side, you know, first off, the rookie of the years and Kyle Klein and Kat Mersh, great picks both fronts. Yeah. I think those players have super bright futures in front of them. You know, not upset with that at all. MPO side, Chris Dickerson. It is what it is. He was one of the best players last year. It's not criminal. No, it's not criminal. Don't if there was a voting committee and it would have come out with that, I would have been like, okay, I could see where they would have said it. The FPO and Katrina Allen, she wasn't the player of the year. She wasn't. Period. I don't, I mean. It's bad. And I said that on Facebook. Someone came after me like, you know, how dare you come after Kat like that? I'm not coming after Kat. Yeah, not her fault. No, Cat played great. Cat played great at A tiers and did a bunch of stuff, but every seventy five percent of the time that she faced Paige Pierce, she lost. Mm-hmm. She she was three and nine against Paige. Paige beat her nine times, only lost to her three of them, and eight of those wins were either pro tours, or uh, either pro tours or a major. Yeah, she had seven pro tour wins and one major win. Like, how can a player do that in a shortened season, mind you? And not get player of the year. It doesn't make any Criminal. Sense. So, um, one thing, bef- I don't want to go on too much of a rant with this. We all, you both, I mean, you know where we both stand on this. I don't think I need to go into it. Not really. It's criminal. But I do want to read off, um, at the press conference for the Las Vegas Challenge, uh, the Pro Tour did ask both Paige and Paul what they thought of it. Paige simply laughed and then responded, hashtag fake news, and said that's all I'm going to say about it. Love it. Um, Paul actually brought a different side of this that I haven't thought of. He said, it just shows me that the PDGA isn't really consistent. They didn't want to have a world ranking system in 2020 because of COVID, but they're going to give out a player of the year award. That's a good point. Like why you're pretty much, you were saying we're not doing world rankings this year because of how weird things have been, but then we're going to give out a player of the year award. So that didn't make any sense. Yeah. uh, And it's the same organization on both fronts. So like, uh, that one doesn't, doesn't uh, to me, what it comes down to is uh, this year in particular expose the player of the year system that we're currently using for the PDGA. And it shows that they just need to take a look at it. They need to take a step back. Um, I think points, I don't, I don't know why a tiers are being factored into it at all. It should be elite series and majors because elite series yeah. covers the pro tour and the national tour. And then you have majors, right? 
I don't think A tiers need to be factored into that. I don't think so. No, because uh, like yeah, I get that there's some A tiers maybe on the schedule that like a lot of the pros go to. Yeah, but, like Memorial's an A tier, right, but this you year. don't have to factor that in. No, because guess where a lot of the pros might go to Memorial, a lot of the pros might go to these other A tiers, but guess where all of the pros are going to be? The elite series and the majors. So if you just right. use that, then you're gonna get the truest player of the year. Exactly, because that's gonna be the most consistent player. Um, and you know, you could even factor in some sort of like voting committee. You know, weigh weigh the performance based on points and mm. the voting committee. You know, weigh that somehow. I don't know. There needs to be something in place though for them to not have this happen again. Yeah. Because it's just looking back on the record books, no one's gonna know what happened in 2020. Right. They're just they don't know like, there was a pandemic. It was a shortened season, but they're gonna be like, oh, Katrina Allen must have popped off. Yeah. And no offense to her again, but because it's not her fault, but she didn't. The, the Paige Pierce beat up on her a little bit last she didn't year even went like she had a chance to win the finale and at least like make some kind of argument and she didn't even win that yeah so so like and Paige went into a playoff for that right i mean the, uh, like every argument you can come up with Paige. the only one that Paige doesn't win is the amount of events played and you can say that katrina had more wins because she did she had nine wins over 23 events played whereas Paige had eight wins but only played 15 events yeah. So even Paige's win percentage throughout the year is higher. Yeah. And all of Paige's were either pro tour or a major win. And all of pa- them. Yeah. If Paige was at those events, she would have won. Yeah. That's. It's crazy to me that that even has to be. Like I, I'm shocked that the PDGA went through and announced it, especially because same. there was pushback when the point system was announced. Yeah. They heard the same feedback, but you know. Surprising. We've seen with the fourth major and with other things that the PDGA sometimes likes to do their own thing and not really listen to some feedback. So at the end of the day, I guess it's really not that surprising. Um, More recent news, though. The All-Star Weekend happened last week. Um, We got to finally see this format that had been talked about with the best shot into the worst shot. And then the singles. Well, I I say we got to see it, but (laughs) we didn't really get to see the format. Yeah. Because... The weird part of the format, the doubles on Saturday, I mean, the coverage was terrible. Like, there's no way around it. I, you've, you're listening to this podcast. If you're a first time podcast listener, you won't know this. Everyone else knows I am a huge, huge live disc golf, like, supporter and pusher. I think that's where the sport needs to go. I put all my eggs in that basket. You know, that's what I use to consume my disc golf. I think that live disc golf's the future. Mm-hmm. If this is the live disc golf we have, I'm completely on the other side. I completely disagree with myself. If this is the live disc golf we get this year, if this is what the coverage is going to be like, Jomez and Central Coast and Gatekeeper, way better for the sport. Way, way, way better. We need to put all of our eggs in that basket and be like, okay, take a year off from live coverage, figure something out, and then come back to us because this ain't it. Yeah, well, I think there's a bit of, I agree that the coverage is awful, but I think there's a bit of an overreaction happening because you have to understand that when live coverage first came to the forefront, the reason that we all had an issue with it was because they couldn't even follow the discs in the air and the shots were all bad. That's why, that's why. At least we were seeing shots. Okay, let me continue. (laughs) I, for one, think that one of the reasons that the, obviously like our biggest problem with the coverage is that they didn't know where to switch the cameras. It's not that the shots, actual shots when they were on were bad. That was not a problem. 
they were missing up seemingly the easier part of not knowing when to go to the booth, when to stay on the cards. We were jumping around all over the place. I think this is the first time that they've done an event like this where in theory, there's no one card that should needs to be prioritized. You have your one seed um, and you have like your guys that are the first out on the course, but it's not like a normal event where it's like we're the pro tour and we are following the lead card. But that's not even it. So, I will first off before I say anything else. Sunday was better from mm-hmm. what I'm about to say, but Saturday, it, it's not even like they were, were having trouble what to prioritize. It's like they were showing players getting discs out of the lake or cutting to the. You literally just said they were having trouble what to prioritize. <laughs> Okay, my bad. <laughs> you just Let said me, they didn't have trouble with that. But maybe, said, well, I'm saying like example. which card to prioritize. That's not the I'm, trouble. Okay, they no, were having trouble of like, I'm well, saying what man, shot hold to up. Prioritize. Should, should we show Ricky and them getting a disc that's out of the lake? Or should we show Paul's drive? No, that's what I meant. You know what? Hey, hey, hey. Keep it on the disc in the lake. No, that's what I meant. They, I'm, that's what I meant. I meant but I that's, not a, that's not a, they're trying to figure out what storyline to cover. No, I think they were just lost because usually they're like, Usually it's a little more, it's a lot more straightforward and they're following a certain card. They know we can drift, we can go to the booth, but we always need to be back for the next shot on that card. On this event, it wasn't like that. And I think they got lost. I think they were like, not, they kind of like weren't able to keep track of all that. Maybe they were understaffed on whoever was picking the shots, but they, they were lost. They didn't know where to go. They the also, reason, I think it's a reaction because I think we're going to watch the first pro tour event and I think I think we're going to watch the first Pro Tour event. I think they're going to cover, as long as they do the simple thing, which is cover every shot thrown on the lead card, it's going to simmer over. Everybody's going to go, that was fine. We all enjoyed that coverage, and everybody will forget about it. Yes, I agree with that statement. The 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 Pro Tour has backed themselves into a corner a little bit because they have to deliver this they weekend. They do have to deliver, if they're they, in trouble. If they don't deliver this weekend, which... One thing I will say is Jeff Spring came out in like the comment section. I was reading through all the comments on the Pro Tour. Well, I'm curious what you're going to say. If they don't deliver what? Good coverage. Okay, but if they don't deliver good coverage, what? What's going to happen? People are going to unsubscribe. Okay, but like... Uh, okay, so that's... I'm, I was just curious what your worst case scenario is. Because like... They lose half their... The 8,000, their 16,000 subscribers. Think, do you think though? You think yes. that many people are going to give up live coverage? Yeah, a lot of people paid because the... All-Star Weekend was only live. So they gained a lot of subscribers from that. Yeah. And then they showed them a crap product. They sure did. And so if they if they luckily Las Vegas Challenge fits in the same month. So right. people aren't going to have to pay again to watch this. Yeah. So they have one more shot with everyone following to be like this is what we're actually going to produce the rest of the year this is how yeah. good it's going to be this is why you should hang around i think it was a fluke i think that we'll i watch hope you're La- right i think we'll watch las vegas because it's not rocket science when you're following one card it's not rocket science it's just follow but they didn't card. even really follow one card because they were jumping around no, so saying, much that you would see I'm like saying for this next event but even for las well, vegas yes and no because if you have a leak this is this is an example from what happened saturday saturday paul hole one James Comrade threw a pretty bad shot and worst shot doubles. Paul's idea is um, I'm going to basically run the basket hoping to cross and go OB because then we can decide that's the worst shot mm-hmm. and have a tap in three. Or I ace it and the hole's over. His disc goes in the water short. They have to re-tee because that's the worst shot. Double bogey, whatever happened. Bad hole. We don't see Paul's card again until they're tapping out almost. And Paul's card, James and Paul, had made a complete comeback and been tied for the lead. 
Okay. So what I'm saying is in Las Vegas challenge, they don't really have to just follow one card because then what happens when it's the final day, you know, Paul and them, whoever's on the lead card, let's just say it's Paul, uh, Paul, Ricky, Calvin, Kevin Jones. They're all on lead card. And then Chris Dickerson steaming up from third card and just steamrolling and coming, coming, coming. You, they have to cover that. Well, they don't though. They're not. They prom- do because they're not. I'm. They should, but they're not. No, promising they have that. to. But they're not promising that live coverage. Because then what happens? Live coverage. You watch the whole thing. That's not the live coverage model it, yet in disc golf. They don't have the money for it. They're not. They, when they then give you, don't you live have an option, when they give you live coverage right now, they're saying it. The lead card is going to be live, and we're going to have. That's not what they're the, saying. They, they what do they have? They have lead and like chase kind of. Yeah. Okay, but I'm saying like they're pro- giving you other post produced people to cover other cards. But what I'm if saying, they, Hunter, if they had all the cameras, they would obviously follow every card. They just don't have the resources. It's not their fault. They have like six or eight cameras. I don't put put two on lead card and then put one on chase and have one roving to go find the hot guy. I mean, you make it sound simple, but I feel like if it, it is that simple. I've, what about what I said is wrong? I'm just saying like. I feel like if they had the resources to be following as many cards as it would be perfect. For Last them to year have, they, they did would. it. Some they even had picture and picture. So why don't you think it's gonna happen this year? Because why didn't that, it happen this weekend? That's one fluke event. One I'm, fluke event. You can't afford fluke events. I'm not saying. What you if can. we turn I'm on just, the PGA Tour and I'm like, "There's Tiger fishing out the ball." Irrelevant. How? Because it's a fluke talk- event. It's a fluke event. The Masters. Will there fluke is event. no fluke events. In the exactly PGA my point. There shouldn't the be PGA a fluke event. The PGA Tour has been around for like a hundred years. It's a paid product. You think You're they didn't have any? You think they didn't have any fluke events back when they were first getting off the ground? We're not first getting off the ground. We've had live disc yes, golf for like are. ten years. We're <laughs> if you're putting it. If this, this is, is free coverage, if this is free. This is like the Pro Tour's second year as being like the big deal on disc golf because they were sharing the spotlight in previous years this is the this is like the second year where all the attention has been on them and we are everybody's put all their chips all i'm saying is if this was free coverage who cares it's five bucks it's five bucks it's five bucks a month okay and that's if you're a pdga member which a lot of people probably aren't it's 10 bucks a month for them still though it's not crazy i can pay five bucks a month and get hulu i can pay five bucks a month and get spotify student membership five bucks five bucks a month for hulu unless you're a student that's what I'm saying. I, You're not I, a student. I, Liberty emails let you do a lot of stuff, okay? <laughs> Mine's about to expire. All I'm saying is if you're going to put it behind a paywall, you have to deliver or you're going to be outraged. I don't... I agree that it was bad. Like, I'm just saying that I'm, but, I'm confident because they were able to do it last year. But... Last year, did we complain about live coverage? Some. Hardly when it was the pro tour doing it. So I'm saying, I bet what's going to happen is Las Vegas is going to come along it's going to go fine, and then all the rest of the events are going to go fine. The only other one that we really complained about last year was USDGC. I hope you're right, but what, I, what I'm saying is if what you're saying, they're, pro, they're promising they're just covering lead card, then live coverage provides us nothing. Because That's so wrong. That's the dumbest thing ever. How often in disc golf does the winner come from the lead card? Probably 90%. Probably 90 or higher percent. But I'm watching lead. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> like most of our tournaments watch, are won by like five or six strokes. The, that's not the live mo- model. The live model is to show me as much golf as I can. That would be great if they had the resources. That's what they're doing. Last year, they. That's what I'm saying. You don't. You, did you not watch live last year? Yeah, I did. But they, they were they not would, only showing the lead cover, card. Yeah, they'd cover lead card. A little bit of chase, yeah, and then like an occasional extra shot. But exactly, I'm saying, that's all you we can't need. Always. Well, then why wouldn't they do it this year again? Why are you saying that's not going to happen? 
I never said that's not. I said it better happen. It didn't happen this past weekend. It made everyone this terrified. This weekend is a whole different model. They were thrown off. They clearly were oh, underprepared. Oh, yeah. There was eight players playing disc golf out there. Oh, what happened? I'm not saying it's excusable. I'm just saying, like, It clearly, sounds like you're saying it's excusable. Clearly, the entire Pro Tour All-Star weekend, they were underprepared for. Because we know that because... They didn't. They ran a dumb format. But that's what I'm saying is I'm sick of stuff being underprepared and underdelivered. If you're gonna <laughs> promise a product, deliver on it. If you're gonna promise us an All Star Weekend, deliver on I it. Mean, if you're gonna promise us coverage of an exhibition match across you know all these cards of awesome pros, I forgot Sarah Hokum was even there until they finally like eight or nine holes in were like, oh, and here's Sarah Hokum's putt, and I'm like. Sarah Hogan's in the All Star event. You I haven't even covered her. Understand that it stunk. I'm just not ready to throw them to the wolves. I'm not throwing them to the wolves. I'm you saying you sound like it. You I'm, sounded furious. I am furious over this past weekend because I am a big proponent of live coverage. I tell everyone we need to watch it live. And if I'm pushing people there, and this is the product they get, no, then I disagree with myself. I think that if this is the product that we're going to end up getting, we need post produced to stay. We need post produced to be All Star weekend. It was an All Star weekend. It wasn't, it's not the disc golf live product. Watch Las Vegas. I just don't get what was so much harder to cover about an all-star weekend. I don't think it was hard. I think they were underprepared. I think they went into it thinking, yeah, we'll just kind of float around and then didn't really have a plan. I don't think they had a plan for how they were going to do it. What I was saying forever ago is Jeff Spring had mentioned they have more cameras coming and they're going to be in studio in, I believe it's Wisconsin. Is that where, uh, I believe it's Wisconsin. Yeah, I think so. But that's not happening until Waco. So what I'm worried about is if Las Vegas Challenge, they have some of these same issues for some reason, because obviously something changed to cause these issues. They have some of these same issues. It could really hurt them financially because they have a paid product that they need to deliver on. Um, well, fin- and financially, you- it's it that's isn't financials irrelevant considering they're fully funded until for like three years? To a certain degree, but you also need to provide a good product. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, if they were to take a small hit and they would have, it's not like they're going to go into the ground. Yeah, but it's going to be really hard to get those people back on the live disc golf board. I don't know if it'll be that hard. I think it'll be pretty hard. No. Yeah, you have a good, you have a few good weekends in a row. Everybody starts saying, hey, the live coverage has gotten good. They throw in five extra dollars to but see we've all it heard, has. We've all heard that a thousand times. I don't know, man. I didn't have a problem with live coverage at all last year. And I had, didn't either. They had one either. bad weekend on an event that, frankly... I didn't care about because the format stunk. So until I'm invested in an event and it stinks, then I'll be mad. If I'm watching, if I'm watching the final day of the Las Vegas challenge and it's close and they're screwing up shots, I will get heated. Here's my second but thing. I'm too. not willing to get like worked up about an event that was an exhibition. I think part of the issue, and this is an issue with live covers that we're going to see throughout the whole year. Cause we saw this last year, FPO and MPO need to be separate streams. Yeah, it's too crowded. Period. Well, they're trying to tell two different storylines. And you as the viewer are trying to watch two different storylines in one stream. I understand what they're doing. They're, 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 they're hedging their viewers. Yeah, they're getting more viewers for FPO. Great idea. But what they're missing out on is let's say that FPO teed off in the morning like they used to. Okay. And the FPO lead card coverage started at 10 a.m., whatever it is. And there's 5,000 people watching it. Okay. Cool. 5,000 people. And then MPO tees off at two and there's 11,000 people watching it. Okay. Then they're like, well, what if we just merged them? And then there's 11,000 people watching FPO. We just added 6,000 viewers. Mm -hmm. But what they're missing is those 6,000 viewers, a percentage of them will be like, oh, sick. FPO coverage too. I get to watch it. 
Another percentage of them is going to be like, I'm here to watch MPO, and now I'm getting interrupted by FPO coverage, right. and they'll get annoyed by it. And so, I, in my personal opinion, and that's all this is is an opinion, I think that by putting both of them together, you're actually hurting FPO. Because I think that, and it seems like it sometimes too, because the way that FPO tees off, it's later in the MPO round. Mm-hmm. And so, MPO is coming down the stretch, things are getting close, whatever it is, yeah. and then you have to cut back to FPO. It almost seems like FPO is like a interruption or afterthought in that moment. Right. Whereas if they're on their own broadcast, they're the star of the show. Yeah. It might like, not be viewed as much. But, but that's viewed by people who want to view exactly. it. Exactly. And that just speaks to we need to grow the FPO side of our sport. And I sport. think you're going to you, get... You shouldn't force someone to watch it. Yeah. You're going to get a way bigger idea of FPO demographics and statistics with viewership if you keep them separate too. Yeah. And I think that it's just... It's too confusing for the switcher. It's too confusing for us as the viewer. Because like the switcher... You know, there's going to be moments where someone's storming from chase card on MPO. You have MPO lead card, you know, storming down. You have the hot rounds coming off MPO third card. And then you have FPO lead card teeing off. And you have FPO chase card, someone storming. How are you supposed to get all that together? Because it's two fully, completely different fields. Even when you have the cameras, there's still only one television screen for somebody to watch. Exactly. So, yeah, you're right. And they'll be able to do, they, they proved it. Saturday, they didn't really use this at all. Sunday, they did some of like... Now, this happened moments ago over on Hole 7. Yeah. That's what you need to see a lot of on live. Yeah. Because that's what gives live the biggest advantage, other than the fact that you're watching it live and you're emotionally invested in something that's happening right now. Live can cover a lot more golf. Because, you know, you can just jump back and forth between this happened moments ago on Hole whatever. And what that also does for them, being clearly under camera staffed or under whatever staffed, is right now, the second FPO tees off, you have to now pull half the cameras or whatever it is from the MPO field to go cover FPO. Mm -hmm. And so then you have half the cameras on both FPO and MPO. If they were two completely separate broadcasts and you could time it out, now you have the full camera crew and FPO. You can cover three cards of that or whatever during live. And you have the full camera crew on MPO and you can do that. I, I, I just have a hard time seeing the benefit in this collaborated stream besides just numbers. Yeah. If all we're looking at is viewership numbers of FPO, then sure. But when we look at what I think it's actually going to end up doing to FPO, I personally think that it's hurting them because I think that you can read the comments on YouTube. I remember it last year. Every time FPO jumped in, it was so toxic. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the comments were just, where's MPO? Where's MPO? Where's blah, 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 blah. And to where like the pro tour person was responding. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like getting sassy with the viewers and it was, it was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. You're, they're annoying their audience by basically having FPO cut in because there's there's a group of people that just doesn't want to watch FPO. Yeah. And you're making them consume a product they don't want versus if it was a separate thing, yeah, the viewership for FPO would go down, but it's all the focus is going to be on FPO. Everyone that's there is going to want to watch FPO, support FPO, and you're not going to have to worry about all those spam comments. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? True. I just, to me, it was a good idea. They tried it out, cut it. We don't need it anymore. Go back to it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but I agree. It's the best move. Yeah. With The Pro Tour also recently announced um, the, some end-of-the-year award stuff, uh, kind they, of redoing they made it. a redemption announcement today. Yeah. Um, and they <laughs> like, also announced tour cards, but not really, before you get too excited. Yeah, tour cards, but they sound like rewards cards. Here's what I think. Speaking on the tour <laughs> that cards. you earn. It's like being a Chick-fil-A Red member. Yeah, so the tour cards basically are going to be available to purchase 
by the top 72 men and top 36 women. It includes advanced access to Pro Tour event registrations, event-sided ministry amenities such as competitor parking, locker room access when available, and health and fitness services, and enhanced media promotion and opportunities. All great stuff. They started reading. I was when we were reading this announcement. They were telling us all these things, and I was like, "Oh, this is great! This is great!" And then it and then it kind of said they're gonna have like. Early, it almost sounded like you're saying early access to registrations. We're like, wait a minute. So these aren't the only players on tour. And then it said they'll have the opportunity to buy one. And I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, here's here's where I, here's what I think from an outside perspective looking in. I would imagine that the reason they're calling this a tour card is because that's where it's headed. I, yeah, I hope it. They, they we've we've seen Pro Tour seems to be a big fan of like the. Let's ease into things. Let's yeah. slowly transition. I'm hoping you're right. I'm thinking they're probably still trying to get the PDGA or whoever to budge or maybe just kind of like ease into it with the whole tour card scenario. So, yeah, I think you're right. I yeah. think this is like their test. If not, I think that some a lot of these amenities in the past are available with like a tour pass is what they had called yeah. it. They purposefully called it a tour card. So they can just transition. Probably. I think it's just uh, like this year, this is what we're doing. You know, get people used to, you have to be in the top to qualify for all these things. Right. Get people used to this, get used to that so they can ease in next year. 72 players is a lot. 72 guys is a lot. It isn't and isn't. I don't think it's a bad number. I'm just saying like right now where the game is, like, it's, it's going to have, have some a really local good pros. Ch- yeah, I'm just saying you have a really good chance of getting one. Yeah, it's going to have some local pro. pros and stuff. But if you look at it like... I don't have a problem with if it. If you were creating a tour card that actually was a tour card, like the tour yeah. card where this qualifies you for the pro tour no, type I thing... I would have picked a number like that. I would have picked higher. Like if, if this bit, was... Maybe. If the only people that could play in these events besides like local... Probably like Exactly. I'd go like 100 something. Yeah. Um, and, and FPO... I personally, I don't think FPO is ready for like actual tour cards yet no. because we don't we don't need to do anything to discourage participation in FPO get as right many now. Into it, yeah. yeah, once FPO numbers are looking like MPO numbers are right now, then we can consider it. Mm. But to me, we need to just you know this this type of tour card is fine for FPO. The type of tour card where it's actually like you need this to qualify for an event, we're years and years away from that for FPO. I think. It wouldn't surprise me if next year they transition this for MPO into like actual tour cards. Not 2022, but after the yeah. 2022 going into 2023. Um, but the end of the year stuff, they basically are redoing the all-star format. Well, we didn't hear the format, but we heard... They're adding a putting and throwing competition. Yeah, they're adding skills games in. Who would have thunk, who'd yeah, thunk that? Like. At, I mean, duh. Um, <laughs> and then they're hey, also they're getting, adding they're another feedback. four players that was a fan vote um tour standings i didn't write this down if it's not obvious and i'm just realizing i didn't write it down yeah they're doing they're doing one that's a fan vote one that's a media vote um one comes from i think just uh, uh one was the the tour standings and then one was the finish at the pro tour finish finale the pro tour finale right yeah so, so basically the top what would it be now nine from tour points yeah get in and, and then, then you add the fan vote media vote and the person highest finish that isn't in that was from the tour, pro tour finale correct so somebody has like a last chance to get in from the finale yeah. or whatever um so i like you know it's all good. those changes are good they also their player of the year is going to be voted on and it's going to be Partially. weighted it's going to have like yeah. a fan vote i believe a media vote fan, and then it's a quarter fan points. vote yeah quarter fan vote quarter media vote a quarter tour points and then a quarter or something else, maybe uh maybe a finale finish or something like that, or like final tour finish. I thought it was a uh, media. Regardless, the media event was one of them. There's four no, I thought it was a um. 
I thought fifty percent was tour points. No, that so that's most improved player. Well, it was fifty percent. You're right. Fan and fifty percent. Yeah, they also have most improved. So that's completely decided by. Regardless, people. my whole point here and why I didn't write it down is their end of the year awards are all going to have points mixed in, but then be voted on as yeah, well to they make did it sure the right that way. the the story of the year is captured. Yeah. So then you know, whoever deserves the player of the year is gonna wind up with the player of the year. And and the pro tour somewhat in the pro tour because the one thing too is like the pro tour player of the year isn't going to really factor in like majors and stuff. Correct. So like other than in the fan vote, somebody could sweep the majors and really probably deserve player of the year. But then let's say they only won like two pro tours and somebody. But that's where like the PDGA player of the year is like the player of the year, and that's why that one needs to be fixed. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. You're right though, like because the the pro tour player of the year is like who had the best year on the pro tour. Yeah. So it's not really the player of the year, but it's it's probably going to be a truer tell because mm-hmm. like Paige Pierce would have won the Pro Tour Player of the Year by a landslide this year. Yeah, and um, yeah, but then Katrina Allen would have still won PDGA Player of the Year. So it would have been a very interesting dynamic. But yeah. with all that being said, after Trevor's trivia, we're going to be jumping into the Las Vegas Challenge um, and some storylines have been developing from that. But first off, it's time for the fan favorite segment, Trevor's trivia. What do you got for me this week? So we are going to do. You know, fittingly, we're going to do some Las Vegas uh, challenge-themed trivia. I'm not going to do this every week for whichever event, but I figured since we're finally starting off the Pro Tour, we would get into that. So I have a few questions. I didn't realize that the Las Vegas challenge slash used to be called the Gentleman's Club Challenge um, has quite a history to it. Uh, It's existed for quite a while. Uh, So I have a few questions. Some of them are pretty difficult. Some of them you might have a chance of getting, but I think even if you can't get them, it'll kind of paint it. Some it'll give some people some history they didn't know about yeah. this event because I didn't know much about it. Um, so first of all, first question is we'll start with um, how many Las Vegas Challenge slash Gentlemen's Club challenges have there been? You, you, can, you can give I me mean, you can just give me the year it started. It'll be easier that way. I think it'd be easier. Just, I don't know. Okay, so I'm gonna just go thirty. Thirty? Nah, no, I have no idea. There's been twenty-one. Okay. The first one was in 2000. I knew the Wintertime Open was like the longest running event, and that's which it's not running this year, I don't think. No, yeah. And it was at 42, so I was like, it's got to be less than that. So yeah. I just kind of, I, I had no idea how long it had been, though. So next question would be, how many repeat winners has there been? 21 years ago. Is that MPO and FPO or just MPO? This is MPO. Just MPO. Yeah, I'm going with MPO for this. I'm going to say six. There's only been two. Really? Nico and Barry. Wow. The only two. It's very, very fluctuating. Especially That's in the last crazy. Especially in the last decade, it's all over the place. It's crazy. Wow. I I mean, I was about to say I wouldn't have guessed so that. I clearly Nico, didn't guess that. Yeah, Nico, what year did Nico win? He's only won two. I think it was 2014 and 2010. Something okay. like that. He's only won two of them. Um, now, how many has Barry won? Three. Six. Six. And he won five straight. Dang. Was it not as big back then, or no? It, I mean, it was just during his heyday. Like, was he beating uh, beating up Climo and stuff? I don't think that? Climo was there. Okay. I think. Well, no, I think he was at some of them. Some of them, but not all. I, of them. Yeah, I think he just owned it. Dang. Um, I mean, it's uh, well, it might not have been at the same courses. I was about to say that doesn't seem like a very Barry course. No, no, yeah, not at Wild. It's Wilders. not. Yeah. Um. So next, we'll see how many winners can you name from most recent to oldest. Okay, Nate Sexton pulls up yeah um calvin heimberg mm-hmm. 
Ricky Wysocki. No. <laughs> Dang it. Well, I mean, that takes us 2018, 2017. Oh, Paul. No. Oh. You got 2020 and 2019. Who's 2018? Greg Barsby. No. I have no idea. It's Eagle. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And then Ricky. And then Ricky. In 2017. So 2017, then Paul in 2016. No. I could have swore Paul won it in He 20- won in 2015. 2016... I'm not even Don't gonna, tell me. I won't tell you because the next question is going to have to have to do with it. Okay. Well, then I I got two. <laughs> yeah. So last question. Hey, at least I understood the rules. This, this I'm going to so give far. you eight names. Four of them have won this event. Four of them haven't. Oh. You're going to try and <laughs> sort them out. So you're going to see who hasn't won this event. Yeah. Kayla Visca, Paul Ulibarri, Philo Braithwaite, Braithwaite, Brathwaite, uh, Brian Schweberger. Eric McCabe, Steve Rico, Avery Jenkins, Ken Climo. Which of those four have not won that event? I'll say them again. Kayla Visco. I think that you're trying to... Do I get like... If I mess up one of them, I lose? No, I'll let you just okay. kind of sort through them. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I think Ken Climo's never won this event. He hasn't. Yeah, because I knew you, when you threw that in there. Yeah. Okay, so I got one. That was the easiest one to get. I felt like that was the hardest. I thought, well, that, I thought that was a I kind of gave you a hint earlier when I was I was about to admit that just he hasn't been in there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like Avery would have won one. Feels like that's like a weird one. Like Avery probably popped off. Eric McCabe. I'm going to say he hasn't won one. That's incorrect. Dang, he won one. Good for him. I think he was 09 or something like that. I think that's the year he won it. Yeah, it was the year he won his world title. So then or Avery hasn't. He hasn't. That's okay. correct. Uh, Steve Rico has. Dang it. I was hoping he was just going to give that one away. <laughs> Wait, I'm trying to, I'm looking back to make sure. You said Steve Rico has? Yeah, he's won one. I'm just going to continue <laughs> to stare. Steve Rico hasn't then. No, he has. Dang it. I knew it. <laughs> okay. I don't even remember the other people you, you have said. Kale LaVisca, Paul Ulibarri, Philo. Uli's never won one. That's correct. And there's one more. You have Kale, Philo, and Schwebby. I'm going to say Philo. He won in 2016. I'm going to say Schwebby. Yeah. No, Philo won. I'm going to say Schwebby isn't. Philo won. Or Schwebby won, rather. Oh. I was, I was like, okay, well, I get Philo yeah. won. All right. So then Kale. Yeah, it's Kale. I, just, I won. <laughs> Philo is the one that won in 2016. I guess literally every player on the Yeah. That, <laughs> that was pretty rough. <laughs> I, I I didn't I, I mean, knew you we're gonna do well. well. I just kind of wanted to do the question because I thought it was so fascinating. I'm gonna read all the winners for you. So it's Sexton, uh, Heimberg, Eagle McMahon, Ricky Wysocki, Philo, Paul, Nico, Dave Felberg, Nico again, Nate Doss, Barry, Eric McCabe, Barry, 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 Schwebby, Steve Rico, Cam Todd, and then the first year existed, there was like nobody there. And this guy named Michael Cloys, he was like 977 rated. But then the very next year it was loaded. So the word must have got out after year 2000. Dang, well, that's been to the year 2000. That's crazy that um, how much parody is there at this event. Expect, yeah, especially the last... I mean, it's been since Nico repeated quite a while ago. 2014 and 2012. 10. It was 2012. Oh. Those, that stretch, it's been since then that anybody's repeated. So not looking good for Sexton. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, well, it's not looking good for any of the guys. I think it's just because it's so windy out there. It's just Maybe. a toss-up. It seems yeah. like that and USDGC are the hardest events to win. So take that for what it is, disc golf. Well, this year at the Las Vegas Challenge, we're going to see three courses featured, um, which I'm going to pause there because I think that's too many for a pro event. 
Yeah, I agree. Especially the courses weren't available to practice until um, the Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. So unless you're playing multiple in a day, you basically had Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday. You get one practice round at each course. And these courses are all pretty far. So I feel like most of the top pros probably aren't going to try to go out there and get two practice rounds in one day. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to have to really throw a lot of shots while you're at that one course to try to learn it because that's the only time you're going to see it. Yeah. Um, so that's why I don't personally, I don't like three courses. No, I think two, I think two is even sometimes pushing it, but two, you can normally get away with, uh, three, I think is always too many Mm -hmm. because even if it was available last week, pros were in Arizona prepping for the all-star game. Most of them. And then Innova would have had to rent out the wild horse golf club for another week. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that's too many, especially considering they weren't available for practice. Yeah, I know they're doing four rounds, but I think for four rounds, two courses can be a sweet spot yeah, for play that. two and two. But, no, not three. Um, one thing I do like about this, though, is they're doing a cut after three rounds. So you play one round at each course, mm-hmm. they cut, they're cutting the pro fields to 40%. So basically, right at what I would imagine is the cash line. Um, they're cutting the field for Sunday. So Sunday, only the top 40% are going to be in there. I wonder what their motive is for that. I mean, why not? Well, if you're making it like a super cutthroat competitive type cut, you cut at the end of the second round. So, like, you really miss two whole rounds of golf. It's kind of just like, well, if but, you're already kind of not out of it, you get to go home a day early. <laughs> like, it's, Well, I think their reasoning for like the, after the third round is there's three courses. Right, but I'm, I'm just curious as to, like, if they were just like, hey, we should do a cut, or if there's really a reason we're like, hey, we should cut down the field. It'll do this and this for us. I'm just curious. They didn't really post the reasoning behind yeah. it. It might maybe it allows them to only use like two courses or something or one course. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's gotta be a reason. Um, I just like the idea of cuts. Simply, I mean, yeah, I'm not mad about it. I think it just makes it like you're saying, like a little bit more cutthroat, a little it gives you another storyline to follow because yeah. you're at that bottom cash line, who's gonna make it, who's gonna not. Mm-hmm. You know, it also gives players who are like not in it still something to play for. You know, obviously they're still like, I want to make sure I'm in the cash. But now if you're like on the bubble, instead of being like, all right, well, I got a whole nother round of golf. It's like, I've got to stay in the cash today yeah. to make sure I even play tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I always like the idea of cuts. Um, I don't think it's a huge like cuts have to be implemented at every single pro tour event. Yeah. I like them when they're there. I mean, the reason, I don't really miss them when they're gone. The reason they're doing them on the PGA tour is so they can play in twosomes. Yeah. On the final days. And like it creates drama. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, in disc golf, we already talked about the live coverage. We don't need to make more cards that need to be covered. No, certainly not. No. <laughs> uh, so, what are your predictions for this event, both in MPO and FPO? Top three, what are we about to see? First of the year. First of the uh, year. Well, MPO, you're going to see a theme pretty consistently that I'm going to be picking Paul to win, uh, at least until he ruins my bet. Oh, yeah. For those of you who are newer listeners to the podcast, we do have an ongoing bet here. Trevor has bet me... 20 bucks worth of Chick-fil-A mm-hmm. that Paul will go the entire year starting at Las Vegas the entire year without finishing outside the top three. Obviously he's crazy. So I bet him $500 cash. So that's not happening. So as the year goes on, hopefully the drama builds also a chance he finishes in fourth this weekend <laughs> and there's no drama at all. Anyways, he's, he's still the best on the planet. So I'm going to get Paul to win. I'm going to get, Calvin in second and Ricky in third. We're going to start off the year with just the most generic, just white bread, just 
<laughs> disgustingly generic top three. And I know you hate it, but it's they're the three best players in the world. What about on FPO? Who who are you thinking? Get ready for another one. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna. I just want. This is like my baseline. Um, not so FPO. I'm gonna pick Page to win. Uh, I'm gonna pick Cat in second. And then third is where it gets tricky. I'm going to pick Sarah Hokum. Mm. And this is why. Because her putts her struggle, but nobody's going to putt really well in the wind. And I feel like she putts really nose down anyway, so she's probably going to keep it close to the basket. And she has a pretty controlled forehand that I feel like she can... I don't think, though, that this is a super forehand dominant place. I don't know that it is, but... It is pretty wide open. It's pretty open, and I think she has a, being a forehand player gives you an accuracy advantage, and sometimes and a very much a nose angle type advantage too, where you can really be careful with that. Let's see what happens. All right, I threw one in there. I, I'm gonna throw one in there too. Throw one in there. I'm gonna throw a different one in there though. Come on. Um, but on MPO, I'm taking Calvin Heimberg is gonna be the next repeat champion. He can't do that because he, Nate Sexton won last year dummy <laughs> i meant multiple champions sorry okay because like nico and barry are the only two that have won it multiple times okay, right? that's, that's what, what i was saying not repeat sorry you got it i said it wrong <laughs> I, I was like you're looking at me i was like i think i saw your brain just like <laughs> levitate out of your head there <laughs> uh i think calvin hyber's gonna take it down no super big reason it's just it's the first mpo there's a group of like six players that I think are probably going to win all the Pro Tours this year. Most definitely. And it's going to be like rolling the dice every week on mm. which one's taking which down. So just to be different, I picked Calvin. I uh, did pick Paul second because we've seen and we've heard from Paul. He's going to be more aggressive this year. His putt looks absolutely dialed. Looks real good. Um, and normally an aggressive Paul with a dialed in putt is a terrifying combo for the rest of the field. Paul could very easily walk away with this. So could Calvin, so could Eagle, so could Ricky. Chris isn't there, he could. Um, but I'm picking Paul second. And in third place, I'm going with Eagle. You know, Ricky, I think, is going to be up there. It's just it's so early in the season. Again, there's no real rhyme or reason. I don't I don't know why I picked my top three. I just wrote it down. FPO, though, I don't think there will be a tournament where I don't pick Paige Pierce to win. I, there sure won't be one. Because I want to be right a lot of the time. And... I feel like Paige Pierce is going to have another dominant season this year. Yeah. So I'm picking Paige first. Katrina Allen has still proven that she can throw the disc well enough to cover up her putting. And so I'm sticking with Kat in second. I think that she's going to be able to... I mean, this course is going to require distance. Mm-hmm. Kat yeah. has it. Yeah. Um, and then my like sneaky third pick, Valerie Mandujano. Ah, okay. I think she has a decent amount of distance. She has a good putt, and she's from Texas, so well, she's going to be a little bit used to that win. Going to be the, one of the most exciting players FPO to watch this year. Yeah, I'm very interested to see what she can do, and I think that she's going to be pretty confident coming out, coming out strong. Just got promoted to end of a star team. I'm excited um, to see what she does this year. One storyline that I think will start at Las Vegas that we could say about Valerie as well, but especially about Ezra Aderhold is this is the first tournament with some pressure on him. Mm-hmm. Last year, people kind of knew his name. As the year went on, a little bit more, a little bit more, but he didn't have a, like, a big sponsor. He had OTB as right. like a mixed bag sponsor. He didn't have a manufacturer. He, yeah, he didn't have a manufacturer, big sponsor. You know, I'm sure Discraft doesn't have a lot of expectations on him being his first year with them. 
but I'm sure it puts a little pressure on his back and he's also kind of been pushed into the spotlight a little bit more. You know, yeah. disc golfers know his name right? Uh, and they're going to be looking for him to finish. So that is going to be a storyline to kind of follow as the year goes on is how is Ezra going to hold up to it? What are we about to see out of Ezra this year? Um, personally, I think that he's not going to be a top five golfer, Mm-mm. but he's also not going to be horrible. Probably I'm going to put him in like 20. a top 20 to top 10 range, like somewhere mm. he's going to squeeze in, in not and out. Um, I think he's going to be decent. Yeah, I think we are right. I mean... I do agree though. Like last year, he was kind of playing as like an underdog, and this year, like he's got a ton of hype. He's got a new contract. I mean, we just heard that interview of him saying how he loves the pressure, and like I love hearing players say that. Like, yeah, bring it. Like that's awesome. Um, but we'll see how he handles it. Yeah. I, I I think I think he's good for the sport. He's great for the sport, really. So no, I, exactly. I, I'm gonna be rooting for him. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big Ezra fan. I'm hoping he goes out there and tears it up but it's definitely gonna be a storyline to see um you can say mm-hmm. you love the pressure all you want let's yeah. see what actually happens when he gets out on the course hopefully he I mean, he throws far this should be a course that plays pretty well yeah to his ability so we can see what uh what he's capable of out there and then the final like preview thing that we saw come out of las vegas challenge this weekend leading into it is some interesting storylines being developed from their media side yeah so let me just explain i think if you haven't watched Brody's IGTV video or he did like a quick minute Twitter video, um, let me kind of explain what exactly happened um, and provide some more details into it. And hopefully we can talk through, does this make sense? Does it not? Mm-hmm. So Brody either had filmed or was planning to, he was definitely planning to, part of me thinks he had already filmed. It doesn't matter. A practice round out there on the course. Jeff Corns calls him and it's like, Hey, just a heads up, they're charging you $5,000 if you film a video out there for YouTube. Um, so we went to several Pro Tour events in the past, and players are always allowed to film their practice rounds. You know, I've even filmed practice rounds for Paul and Brody. That's a thing. You know what I mean? You, you A lot of times they'll ask for rights, but it's never been a pay to film a practice round. You have to pay for stuff during the rounds, like the actual tournament mm-hmm. round coverage stuff. But practice rounds, free. Go do it. Um, so... Brody knew this wasn't Pro Tour doing it, so he walks up and talks to someone at Innova because uh, they're the ones enforcing it. Um, so he went up there and talked to them about it a little bit, walks away. It was true. He had to pay $5,000. He walks up to Johnny Discoff, who's out there filming, and was joking with him because he saw his big camera, obviously, and was like, hey, I was like, uh, man, that $5,000 fine, like that kind of sucks, don't it? And Johnny Discoff was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, mm-hmm. to, for you to film out here. And he goes, no, they're paying me $5,000 to be here. Yeah. So he just offered that right up. So I find it, the first part of this that I find interesting, um, and the, there's more to the story, so we won't pause here too long. But the first part I find interesting is that any of us kind of like picking and choosing um, additional coverage that's allowed and they're yeah. paying 5000 here and they're asking for 5000 here. What, Curious point number one. What we've learned about Innova is that they are not scared to wield their power like to even like levels of tyranny almost. Like and when it comes to the USDGC, I've always kind of said, you know what? Fair enough, because they own it, they started it, it's a major, it's not even associated with the Pro Tour, like whatever. But in this case, it's a little more interesting because it's a Pro Tour event. So the Pro yeah. Tour is almost getting like it's kind of like it was making these rules up that the pro tour really it's not their rules yeah and it's on their tour and these rules are like not even just like they're like real strict and they're real extreme 
Well, yeah, because when when I read into the the Las Vegas Challenge media policy, yeah, it basically says that a player can't post. They can post videos and stuff as long as they don't monetize it. So you can't run ads on it, and as long as they don't pro- promote a brand or product or anything like that. So as long as you're not promoting something. Which, I mean, how is a Discraft-sponsored player not going to promote in some way mm-hmm. a media or something? But that what was interesting to me is like that looked like it even spilled over into Instagram and everything. Um, but then we saw Gatekeeper post an ace from a practice round. Which Gatekeeper, I think this is a little bit of a gray area because Gatekeeper is an official media mm-hmm. for the event. So they're probably allowed to be there and whatever. But the video is provided by Nate Perkins who is just a competitor, same as Brody, video is provided by them, by Nate Perkins, and in the video, it's a Latitude 64 sponsored player, and right before he throws the ace, he's like, yeah, I'm about to throw this with my shield, directly promoting a product, so you can't get around it with that. Throws the ace, sick video, it's an ace, cool. Gatekeeper posts it, end of a disc comments on it with like a star-eyed emoji, like, oh, this is sick. Yeah. And so I was like, well, hold up, like... It's a little bit of a gray area since it's technically Gatekeeper posting it, but like... It almost seems like Innova is targeting... I don't want to say just Brody because there may be others, but it seems like they had people in mind when they created this policy. Well, there is it, there is others because this is where it gets even weirder because yeah. the first thing that people were saying is like, oh, well, it makes sense they're trying to silence their competition and allow Innova players to do it. But there was supposed to be a skins match that included Calvin, Sexton, and Ricky, so... And it was three big boys, the, mm-hmm. the three they want to promote the most. And they were also told they were going to need to pay $5,000 to film out there. Now, I don't know if the skins match was supposed to include a fourth player that wasn't Innova sponsored, but regardless, it was going to have your three Innova powerhouses on an Innova course with Innova baskets, Innova sponsored, whatever. Super weird. So if the target idea was, let's silence the competition, let's like get discraft and lad to all them to shut me, up it's such an insecure move to me like, it's interesting it's curious like i i you're innova you guys are still the big dogs in the sport like why are you so worried about and like and i guess like the whole idea of like them being like people could argue like oh well then you know why why would you want to silence these people that could be promoting your event and i guess they could be like, well, we don't make any money directly off the event, but then why did you? Yeah, well, that's word for word what put, they said. Yeah, you put they they said they didn't. They don't. Well, we don't make money yeah. off of like the event directly. Well, then why buy the event? The whole point of buying the event, it's putting your well, name not, on it, not money off the event. But Brody, so Brody's t- told the guy like, look, like I'm on a feature card. If I make this practice round video and tell everyone like, hey, tune yeah. in to watch me on this feature card, he's then more people are going to view it. And if I tell them like, watch live, there's be more right. people watching live. Innova doesn't more make people. money off of that. And Innova's like, the guy from Innova apparently to Brody literally said, well, we don't make money off of how many views come in, so we don't care. Yeah, see that the whole idea of like, if you're going to put your uh, like spend the money to attach your name to an event, the whole purpose of that is. So people see how people see the event, they see yeah. it, and they go, "Wow, Innova ran a great event. I'm going to support them." That's the whole yeah. idea. So, like, I feel like you want people from uh, that like support and, other brands to see yeah. it. And back to just make any sense, like Johnny Discoff, like he's providing obviously like outside content, you know, interviews, maybe like some highlight videos, yeah, yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, he's promoting the event. Okay, yeah. What I if I'm Innova, and what I'm looking at is you have Johnny Discoff. He does a great job. You know, I'm a, we're going to pay him $5,000 to post to his 16,000 subscribers. I believe it is something mm-hmm. like that. 16, 70,000. 
Then we have Brody Smith with 2.2 million, which before anyone comments, I understand that those aren't disc golf subscribers. But when you look at his video views, he's one of the biggest, if not the biggest disc golf mm. non-coverage channels out there. Okay. On top of that, in the same hand, you also have Paul Macbeth with 70-some thousand subscribers. Those are just disc golf followers. Mm -hmm. And they just want to shoot a practice round. They're not doing a disc review promoting a meteor or a buzz. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be playing disc golf or with Discraft, But they're going to be shooting it, pushing people to your event, promoting your event. Okay? So you're paying Johnny $5,000, which I know that's not his actual name. I don't know why I just called him Johnny. Corey. You're paying Corey $5,000 to be there. And he's going to be there to do extra coverage, yada, yada, yada. And he's a, his audience reach is going to be a lot smaller than these people, and yet you're asking them to pay you $5,000 each. So that's ten grand. Weird. How does that make any sense? And then if it was an end of a thing, then why is this skins match being charged $5,000 that has their three big guns in it? I'm super confused. And my biggest question of this whole thing is, let's say Brody Smith is like, whatever or somebody else anybody who's not innova and would have to be charged is like whatever i don't care and they go ahead and they post their video and they monetize it and they promote other brands what does innova do because innova isn't the pro tour so they can't say and let's say they post this after the tournament so it's not even like they can just remove them from the tournament they can send him an invoice for five thousand dollars but if he's like i'm not paying that what are they gonna do take him to court <laughs> i doubt it yeah so like, and what, and maybe what, what are they going to say? Like, you can't come to the San Francisco open because we also sponsor that or they like, don't even, that's the OTB open now. No, but it's still presented by end of a disc no, presented by isn't the main sponsor. Okay. But they have their name attached. Yeah. In any case, I'm just saying like, what, what authority do they actually carry on that? Yeah. Cause they, well, it even goes farther. <laughs> Cause, I, Cause let's say they got buddy, buddy with the pro tour and then they're like, Hey, this guy can't play on tour. Yeah. The Pro Tour, as we've talked about... They can't control registration. Yeah, because guess what? <laughs> goes he, the it's not a Class A suspension. Right. Because that goes to the PDGA. Super weird. So, like, what do you, he... Like, and also, another thing that I was very curious about is I've applied for media credentials with the Pro Tour before. Yeah. Right? Typically, there's a pricing structure based on amount of subscribers, yada, yada, yada. Normally, the practice rounds and stuff are free but let's say that for las vegas challenge i provide i got media credentials from the pro tour and i ended up paying let's just put a 200 dollars out there mm -hmm. okay i paid 200 dollars to get media credentials to do social media for foundation and a practice round if i show up to that event now tied to the pro tour with media credentials does that bypass yeah. the five thousand like dollars you fee? just stepped right over top of the five that's what i'm saying like who who has the final say in that nobody like is the pro tour the with say. is pro tour with the media credentials higher than or like, do you show up and you're like, all right, I'm ready to shoot. There's like, such a power struggle. $5,000. There's such a power struggle in this sport. And it's crazy. Yeah. Nobody knows who's Well, in then the other question is like, okay, what if I show, went, up, went out there and shot only Innova players? Are they now paying us $5,000? What? Nope. Like, obviously the answer is no. I'm just saying like, it's such a confusing thing. And it looks like the rule other than like, you can't do it. It looks like there's no like clearly defined rule of like, well, this is the structure. This is why this is being charged. Because if it was like a, hey, Wild Horse has to have approved media partners and yada, 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 like, and we're running out, but, you know, we have to go through them. Their set fee is this, blah, blah, blah. This is why it is. That'd be one thing. But it's not that. It's just, well, it's our event. Screw it. $5,000. Pay it or don't. And like, no, you, no disc golf YouTube videos bringing in $5,000 unless it's <laughs> yeah. coverage. Yeah. Like then maybe, but yeah, like you're not going to have Tristan Tanner out there 
willing to pay $5,000 yeah, to shoot f- practice The round. fee was so crazy, too. That's what I was wondering. Like, who are they even thinking about? Like, nobody's making five... Nobody's even making even close I to $5,000. I think that's $5, why they said it there is because they think no, no one's are... going to pay it. Yeah. That's why part of me I wishes thought... that Paul and Brody would have just said, oh, okay, yeah, and paid it and just shot a practice round just pushing Discraft so hard. <laughs> like, that would have been hilarious. Not even for me as, like, a, a Discraft fan, but just in general. I love when, like, when someone gets, like, power hungry and it's like, yeah five thousand dollars and someone's like oh easy and they're like holy what (laughs) like that i don't know the like it's probably like the wrong idea in my head but like part of me is like the petty side of me is like (laughs) everyone should have just been like yeah screw it let's do it so weird but yeah that was a very weird thing um and a lot of players it was somewhat mixed opinion you know on Mm -hmm. on twitter a lot of fans were very upset over it because they just missed out on all of this. You know, normally Eagle would post, Ezra right. would post, Tristan would post, even Ricky would post, Paul, Brody. You you missed out on probably like six or seven videos yeah. from this event. So they were obviously upset. And I saw a lot of backlash. My thing is, there was nothing positive that came out of this for Innova. Right. No one is like a bigger fan of Innova, unless you absolutely hate Brody. But even then, they were telling Innova players, no. No one came out of this a bigger fan of Innova. So what what was the move there? I don't know. Do you need that extra $5,000 to operate? If so, you're screwed. I don't think Innova cares much about PR. That's what I'm saying. After the whole James Conrad thing went down, like... That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't really understand what the logic was here because if it was clearly defined and you're like, look, I'm sorry, you signed a contract and you could come out and say like, I understand you're upset. You signed a contract. Here it is. You should have read it. That's not the case. You know what I mean? Their media policy doesn't mention the $5,000 anywhere. It's like they just kind of decided we're going to charge people this. And then Brody could have very easily posted it without knowing. Mm-hmm. Because if Corns wouldn't have said something, Brody wouldn't have asked because it's a pro tour. Pro right. tour the pro tour events, he films practice rounds all the time and they're fine. That's, mm-hmm. He has the permission to do that. Yeah, Everyone does. So like if he wouldn't have never talked to him, he would have just posted it. And then like you're saying, what would have happened? I don't know. Yeah. Probably a whole lot of nothing would have yeah. happened, to be honest with you. But, you know, you have to play by the rules. I, I understand it. Whatever. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> All right. It's time to wrap the show up. Uh, we nailed it on time, Trevor. First yeah, off, we somehow we squeezed the most topics and the most rant I feel potential like, topics well we i feel have. like all these topics will probably end up getting expanded upon as more developments happen probably definitely the pro tour tour coverage. card thing well the oh, coverage and, and yeah. the tour card because there'll be more i just want to end i want to end the show with this before I make that call if the live coverage this weekend is better than last year back to its normal self a little bit and it's watchable we see a lot of golf I am I'm putting my jersey back on. I'm full on team disc golf network, team live coverage. If it's not, I am full team post produce this year. <laughs> this guy is one or the other. Yeah. No, I'm just saying like live you coverage. Got one shot. No, but yes and no. Live coverage, it's gonna get better over the year. Yada yada yada. I'm we've heard that for five years now. Like just we're learning, we're learning, we're learning. Yeah. When are we gonna learn? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I agree. There is some things like some things I'm like, okay, they've been doing it for five years, but realistically, this is like the second year where they really had the resources to make a good product. I think. What the the switcher board change? Like, did they get a nicer switcher board that was more confusing see, with more the, flashing buttons? Like, it, you we're, don't know we're, what it's they disc got. off or show shots. Okay, that okay. Well, that's was, all I'm saying. Second part of my point was I do agree that 
there is some things like just showing the shots or like just stuff that makes like it's just like a logistical thing, not like a resource or technology thing that yeah. it does seem like they take a while to like it's like they're it's like they're it's a deaf ear. Yeah. To like the complaints sometimes. Now we did complain about the All Star format. Hey, look what we got. A new All Star format. So. Well, they also promised us skills events you know, when they first announced the All Star format. Okay. So well, we'll, this we'll time, have to this time they extra promised, so they yeah. better not extra not deliver. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is if if they're they're back to it, I'm full in. All right, I love all right, live coverage. All right. If they're flip, not flip flop, flip flop. No, on, I'm not flip flop. On to the next. I'm just saying I understand the post produced angle if live coverage sucks. Then it makes sense to me because at least with post produced, we see the shots, we understand the storyline, we're watching disc golf. I mean, I'm still even if there wasn't even live, I would still follow it on U disc. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd, I'm watching on U disc. Like I'm, I'm never ever gonna just sit back and like, don't tell me who won. No, I will <laughs> like, never be that guy. I'll never, never be that guy. No, because I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Like if the coverage is so bad, like I would still want to watch it happen. Yeah, but I would definitely be a lot more selective about which rounds I watched, and do I want to watch the whole? Well, nine no, because I would already know what happened. Well, right. So if, I'd be like, well, the winner didn't even come off the lead card, so I'm watching Chase. That's what coverage. I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm with you in that boat. You disc live. They got it figured out. Oh, good, they didn't have good a, on them, man. They you didn't disc, have a learning curve. You disc is awesome. Yeah, I never they had that app. You disc live is amazing. Um, go, I'm watching guys. even when live coverage is on. I'm watching that. Heck yeah! I'm watching that no matter what. Let's go. Uh, but it's time for make that call. And Trevor, you stumping me? No, probably not. So, Maybe I don't know. I, this is one of those rules week. that in disc golf you either know or you don't know, and there's no in between. Yeah, is there any in between in anywhere in life? Okay. You're in the fight of your life to win your first major. <laughs> oh, I just love these scenarios. Just right into it. Fight of your life. Oh. To win your first major. My adrenaline just kicked in. Okay. World, world championship. Oh, my gosh. I can't even You're imagine. You're going shot for shot with your opponent. It's one Who of the, is my opponent? Please, just give me one. Greg Barsby. You no. And- <laughs> not Barsby. <laughs> I don't even feel good about that. You and Kyle Klein. All right. So this is like, wow, man. This is, this is five years from now. You've taken off. Heck yeah. You and Kyle Klein are I going shot for shot. It's one of the most exciting worlds anyone's ever seen. It, it, hole 16 is this par four. You're walking up to it. I'm going for it. You're walking. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? I'm feeling good today. I'm going for the par four. Yes. It's an island green surrounded by a river. Okay. <laughs> you crush your shot. It's like you crush your shot. It looks so good off the tee. Yeah. Okay. Hits onto the green, somehow takes a massive skip and finds itself resting on the bridge to get onto the island oh, green gosh. directly above the OB water. I feel like we already did this. We might have. Where is your lie, and what are you throwing from that lie? Wait, okay. Did it? Where did it land? It is on top of the bridge, and directly that, above the water, yeah. middle of the river. Well, you said it's an island green, so that's not part of the island. So you're taking it from where it crossed the water with the stroke. No, no, no. Wait, you didn't even make the island. You have to re-tee probably. You said it's an island green. Maybe it's not an island green. <laughs> Maybe it's a peninsula. You skipped off it. It's a peninsula. Island, ignore the word island. Okay, well then, then you, you skipped off the green. Then you can take it from the from the bridge, can't you? So you're on the bridge. Yeah, I think so. I think if it's a, if it's not an if it's an island green, then that island is cut. Ignore the word island. The end of the bridge. Ignore okay, the word island. So if it's not an island green, then I believe you can. When play I was from painting you in the story, island made it sound more dramatic. But, yeah, I didn't but that, that verbiage is very key. It is. It is. You're right. So ignore the word island. It's a okay, peninsula green. If it's a peninsula green, the peninsula being created by this bridge. No, it's not. It's not created by the bridge. What's it created by? How's it, it peninsula? connects? Connects back. So the water is like snakes around, but then the, but it comes back. 
The bridge is not the only connecting point. All you need to worry about is there's a bridge and you're directly over water. Does that mean you're OB or are you safe? Okay, but now you're saying now you're saying that's not the only way to the island. No, the land. So then, I'm, then I'm saying it is OB. Okay, so you're saying you're OB. So where are you playing from that now? You're playing from when it where it crossed. So where it over skipped the off of the peninsula. Yeah. Onto it. Yeah. Okay. No. So the <laughs> you're playing from the bridge, putting for idiot. Eagle. <laughs> so you can play from the bridge. Well, yeah. So a bridge is an example of this is from the PDGA. A bridge is an example where one plane surface is vertically stacked above another plane surface. Each plane surface is treated independently. The bridge is inbounds unless the TD has declared it to be OB. Regardless of whether the plane surface is above really, or below, you really left a nice pause after I said it was inbounds the first time, so that I would talk myself out of it, didn't you? Yeah. Well, it was That's also disgusting. You, I was thinking through because I said the word island, and once you brought up that I said the word island, I was made like, it way I really backed obvious. myself into a corner. Yeah, it made it way more obvious. <laughs> so I was like, how do I get out of this one? Yeah. No. Well, Great. island green just made it. Sound I've so definitely, I've definitely put from on a bridge before, but I, I was just trying to like understand what you were painting me. In. It technically could could be ob, but the TD would have to have said it. Okay. So whatever it's cut and dry it is right and wrong you know what i mean <laughs> all right thanks for listening this week hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast um if you you know the first day of the las vegas challenge already happened if you missed it check, head over to disc golf network check out the live coverage see if it improved hopefully it has if it hasn't if you know hasn't. we'll talk about it um but regardless i think there's also going to be post-produced coverage if that's your thing uh you can check that out probably dropping tomorrow of today's rounds um, obviously we shoot this in advance, so we don't know what happened today. Uh, but we will be talking about the results next week. And then, um, looking forward to, I believe Waco is the next event coming up. And I believe that is going to be it. Don't forget to check out foundationdiscs.com. You can pick up a grip lock shirt if you're interested in rocking one of these. And we will talk to you next week.